and she hands me this plastic bag with a full it's a full-on jason mask with like little shreds of hair oh my gosh like bald in the back with the with the mask oh yeah like it like he is in the movie yeah and a bloody machete Oh, (laughs) I said, yeah, kids aren't quite into that yet, but I'm sure I'll make use of it at some point. So I'm (laughs) and I have some spotlights from Christmas that you can do white, green or red. So we did red and I put that on. That's amazing. And cars are like driving by and I'll like (laughs) turn my head a little bit, you know, just to follow the car. Welcome to the Greatest Lists Podcast, a show about music and lists. This season, your hosts Jason and Eric are counting down the top 25 guitar solos of the 80s and the top 25 guitar solos of the 90s. Think your favorite made the list? Tune in and find out. Take it away, boys. Happy Halloween and welcome to Greatest Lists, a music and talk podcast featuring lists of the greatest songs of all time. I am Eric, your host for this episode, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Jason. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Halloween. How are you, man? I'm good, man. How are you? Oh, yeah. I'm I'm ready to go. Uh, My my little girl has this scary, like, wolfman costume. I don't know why she's into wolves so much, but we're ready to go trick-or-treating tonight, and, man, it's going to be fun. Very nice. Uh, Yeah. I think we we bought uh, enough candy well, last year. We we ran we ran out of candy like immediately. <laughs> wow. So this year we we bought um, hopefully enough. To, good, we don't good. have to close our door in, in thirty minutes. So <laughs> uh, we are continuing our season two list of our favorite guitar solos of all time. Of, but before we continue, this episode is sponsored by HalloweenCostumes.com, which features the largest online selection of Halloween costumes and accessories ever created by a human. Use the promo or link. Martian. <laughs> or Martian. Or Monster, yeah. Use our promo link in the show notes to save 15% off your entire order. Just click over and the savings are automatically there. Uh, this is the last day you can use it. You won't get your stuff in time for Halloween, but you can still order stuff. So get over there and order something. Maybe you'll find something on clearance. Maybe you Ooh. will. Ooh. Uh, we are currently making our way through the top 25 guitar solos of the 80s. And on this episode, we're up to number five. And it's a song from George Lynch and the band Dokken. It's Mr. Scary. Behind the music. Mr. Scary is a track from the 1987 Dokken album, Back for the Attack. That was Dokken's fourth studio album it was their biggest selling and most successful to date and it was the last one before the band broke up Mm -hmm. Um, this song was never released as a single but it was played live at every show on that tour and every show that george played on after that um the name mr scary comes from a nickname that george developed over the years although admittedly he doesn't really know how or why he got the got the nickname Uh, i watched a video (laughs) interview with him he said, someone called me that once, and for some reason it just stuck, probably because I'm too hard to work with, he said, while he laughed. <laughs> <laughs> um, a little truth there. A little bit of truth. Uh, so we covered a good amount of George's history in the first half of the season, number 12 song from the 90s called All I Want. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to rehash that. We'll just talk about the background of this song and 
band a little bit. Uh, the music for this track was written by Lynch himself and the dock and bass player Jeff Pilson. It was written to be a heavier track on the album because they felt like um, the song didn't have enough heavy songs on it. Um, the original idea for the lyrics were based around the idea of a serial killer stalking young women. Uh, but those lyrics were never fully developed beyond their basic ideas, though. Uh, they planned on giving the song to lead singer Don Dawkin to add vocals, but the song didn't sync with his voice. Lynch said he just didn't—he just wasn't feeling it, which I can understand. You really can't sing over this song in retrospect. Um, Don Dawkin also reportedly said that the music was just too menacing, um, whatever that means. Um, after that, <laughs> after all that, producer Neil Kernan suggested they make it an instrumental. Uh, and initially, Don Dawkin was against the idea. And you, and you have to understand the history between Don and George to understand why he was against it. Uh, originally, when the band formed in the early 80s, 1981, Don didn't want George in the band. Um, they really didn't get along. Well, let me back up. Originally, the band was just called Don Dawkin, and he had, it, was, it was him, and he had a, a backing band. Um, and he didn't really get along with George. Uh, he, he, he found him arrogant and hard to work with, which seems to be a common thread amongst everybody that works with George over the years. Um, Don originally pegged a guy named Warren DeMartini to be the guitarist in the band, but Warren took a gig with a little-known band named Rat. <laughs> and so he was not available. Um, and originally, Don played guitar in the band and was looking for a second guitarist to share the duties with. And after George was added... The label, quote unquote, suggested that George become the main guitarist and Don focused solely on singing. Uh, in later years, Don has admitted that he was never really fully on board with that idea, but the label got their way and that his, quote unquote, bitterness probably added to their personal <laughs> problems. Um, however, Don has claimed in the past that he was as capable of a guitarist as George uh, is, to which I say rubbish. Um, he's as good a guitar player as George as I am a good as a good quarterback as Patrick Mahomes. You can get out of here with that nonsense, Don. <laughs> uh, so after determining the song was going to be an instrumental, uh, Lynch stayed up all night long tracking it at Total Access Recordings in Redondo Beach, California. And Lynch said of the recording session, it was just one of those more memorable tracking sessions ever in my life because it was just so magical. All this stuff just happened to fall into place and everything just clicked. Mm. He also said, nothing was off limits. Whatever I could think up and play, we laid down. It wasn't until after the recording was done that we, did we go back and pick and choose uh, what we kept and what we threw out. And uh, you can hear that because the song is so layered. There's so many things going on. Mm -hmm. uh, and there used to be a video out on YouTube uh, of him tracking this song see he's just playing whatever he wants and you can tell that they're just laying down every, everything and they're going to go <laughs> back later and you know piece everything together let's get personal so like i mentioned in the previous lynch episode in the first half of the season he's one of the three guitar players that really made me want to play guitar one of the big influences that i had um i really started listening to him in 84 with their first album breaking the chains but i really got into him with their second album tooth and nail because uh, that first album, all the music was already written. 
he was just basically he stepped in and played solo. So a lot of those songs weren't his. Um, the, Tooth and Nail, their second album, is really when he became uh, more involved in the songwriting and had more input on stuff. So that's when I, that's really when I started listening to Dokken. Um, when this album came out, none of my friends or, or I knew that there was an instrumental on the album. And I remember going to the mall after after school one day uh, and buying it. And I sat in the parking lot for a little bit listening to the tape uh, and also smelling the liner notes. Because if you remember cassettes, they're liner notes. Oh, gosh, yes. Yes, they had a certain yes. smell. And I literally oh. would sit there. I sat in my car smelling the liner notes. It's almost like a grape smell yes, or something. Yes. And, oh. listen, and I, would, I was listening to like the first couple of songs of the album, and I was just blown away because it's it, this album is just far and away better than anything done up to that point. So I finally start driving home. This song is the sixth song on side one. Uh, and I'm almost home, and this song starts playing, and I realize it's an instrumental. It's a guitar solo. And I sat in my driveway and listened to the rest of the song until it was over, just mesmerized. <laughs> um, and then I went inside. I, I literally walked, walked inside, walked through the house, didn't say anything to anybody else, walked to my bedroom and called one of my buddies and told him what I just heard. And I called several other people. I even played this part of the song over the phone to my other guitar playing buddy <laughs> because it was just so amazing. <laughs> we were just so amazed by it. Um, so, uh, you know, I could never really play much of his lead stuff cause it, it is just so just, just impossible to play. Um, I could pull a few things off, but not really. So I really count when I, when it came to him, I concentrated on playing his rhythm parts, he uses a lot of unconventional chords and voicing. And, uh, I, and I remember that I, I've spent a lot of time learning all the rhythm parts, mm-hmm. uh, to this album specifically because, and you've seen videos like this now, now that we have you know, the internet and YouTube, where guys get called up on stage to play with their favorite bands, and they, and they know the song, so they play along. I literally learned every, every rhythm part on this album just on the off chance that case. I ever got to get up on stage <laughs> and play with them. I would be able to play all the rhythm parts of this album. Um, oh. And I saw them live twice with this, with this, with this tour, and never even close enough to be picked out of the out of, out of the crowd. But that's that but I'm not even lying when I say that's the reason why I learned all the rhythm parts on this that's, album was because that's, that's I'm going to get on stage one day and I will know how to play this. <laughs> <laughs> What's your I, I I can't remember what you said in the first half of the season what your history would be. I'm I'm kind of much, do you? I'm kind of in the fog right now from the the smell of the the uh, liner notes. <laughs> but you, man, if if you're no. not if you didn't buy cassettes in the '80s, you do not know what we're talking about. But it was no, literally crack. No. It was crack. It was awesome. Anyway, no, yeah, it's I got real no history with Doc, and it's kind of embarrassing, I guess, for a number five song on the list. <laughs> but uh, again. You know, I know I, I use this as an excuse, but if it wasn't in the top 40, I didn't sure. listen to it much right. as a kid yeah. unless it was on MTV or, you know, well, you were, I mean, you weren't a teenager but, then you were, I mean, right. you were still kind of young. So that's all you really had access to was top 40 because your mom. Right, right. Dawkins, the, really the only Dawkins song that I have had heard uh, maybe on MTV or outside or maybe. Let me go ahead. Was it, was it Dream Warriors? No, it was Alone oh. Again. Alone oh, again. wow, really? 
Yeah. Yo, I love Alone Extra in Points. Bed. Oh, that's a good song. Yeah, Extra Points. Yeah. So that's that, that's the most familiar song I know from Doc. Yeah, for obvious reasons, I do know Dream Warriors. Yeah, okay. But, uh, yeah, Alone Again is about the only one that I can just really, okay, that's that's Dawkin. That's I know that. Nice. <laughs> I don't even know where that charted. It Maybe it did chart. It, it didn't. Get it didn't? Okay. No, it didn't. Anyway, um, yeah, so it is kind of embarrassing. We're at number five. and <laughs> You have no history with the band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, this is probably the first time I've heard Mr. Scary. Well, that's, that's, that's okay. The Breakdown. So, like I like I said, it's it's an instrumental, like 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 most of the other songs that I pick for these lists, you know, it's it's a it's an instrumental song. Uh-huh. The main riff that you hear that I, I can't even sing it. It's just that main I, that he plays. Um, I just is it it does sound creepy. I mean, it's got that creepy sound to it. It's very to me. It sounds a lot like the immigrant song. Yes, it does sound like that. I got those vibes when I'm listening yes. to it. That main riff yeah. has the immigrant song vibe. Ah. Yeah, I've always I've always said it sounded Halloweeny, but you're right. It does sound yeah. It does sound like the immigrant song. It, it really <laughs> does. Um, I I love that I love that riff. It that's this this is one of the riffs that I spent a lot of time learning how to play just because I love the way it sounds. That is the only part I know of this song. I do know the opening <laughs> riff, you know, that that first part that you hear that when the when the song starts, I can play that. Uh-huh. But that is about it for this song. There's nothing else I can play. Um, but it is very layered. It's got you can tell that he recorded it and then pieced everything together um, because especially when he plays it live, he can't pull this off live because there are so many there's so, so many parts, parts. Yeah. and it's so yeah, layered so and like one section will end and another one starts. They kind of fade in and out of one another. And it's just, it was, and he's, he's even said it was never meant to play live. He just, it's his dream come true. And it, he just right. threw the kitchen sink into it. Um, I, 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 I honestly, myself, I cannot pick out a part of it that is my favorite. It is <laughs> literally probably one of my favorite songs out of the 80s when it comes to guitar players just because he was one of my influences and my heroes and he got to even though they tried to nix it from the album he got to have a I mean for lack of a better he basically term, emptied his brain on this yeah, album it's it's his it's his um um eruption basically it's his it's his it's his eruption okay yeah and so uh yeah he empties the toolbox out on this song uh, there is one part in the middle it's kind of a bridge where it changes it changes to a different key and he does this this little run at the end it's like i can't I'm, again i'm not gonna try to sing it but it, <laughs> it, it sounds like it doesn't even sound like a, a, a guitar it's just like is walking up the neck and then he goes back into the main riff um, and I've watched him record that, how he recorded that. And it's like three different guitar parts playing at the same time. And mm-hmm. uh, so it's just, it's just, there's so much going on in this solo, in this song, that it's just hard for me personally to pick out uh, one part of it that I love because, mm-hmm. you know, it's just all of it. It's just George and it's, he's my, he's one of my heroes. Yeah. So. It's great. I mean, great throughout and that's that's one of the first things i wrote down 
I was still I was waiting for the the vocals to kick in at any time, and I'm like, okay, so it is <laughs> instrumental. I didn't know Dawkins did any yeah. instrumentals, so yeah, it's the uh, only one. Just great throughout. I didn't realize it was so layered like that. So I yeah. guess I should have known, as you know, meticulous as it is, that it it's really hard to pull off in one take or whatever. But yeah, and I um I I, I mentioned earlier or the first part of the show that they had some rudimentary lyrics built out around that idea of a serial killer and you know chasing down young women. Um, and I saw a, a video interview with Jeff Pilson, the bass player, and they talked about it for like 10 seconds. But he said that the, the that part that George plays, that melody, main melody, is what he was singing to when they first wrote the song. And he sang, he goes, I think the line was this, and he sang it. And I was like, Oh my God, that would have been an incredible song, <laughs> but, but it, it ended up being an instrumental. So yeah, yeah. So uh, Mr. Scary is at number five on our countdown, and would you know it? I've got some bonus songs for you. I bet you do. <laughs> Come on, it's Halloween. Fill us up with some good creepy music. So um, heavy metal. The, off of their second album, which was called uh, Tooth and Nail. The opening song is actually called Tooth and Nail, but it's got an intro to it called Without Warning. So we're going to play those two songs together because they go together. One of them fades out and the other one fades in. So mm-hmm. the first bonus song is Without Warning, Tooth and Nail. The second bonus song is off of their third album called Under Lock and Key. It's a song called In My Dreams. And the year that this came out, the, the, there was a, a magazine that had the top... I want to say 50 guitar solos of the eighties at the time. And this was number one. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So in my dreams, and that was just one, it wasn't like, I mean, it was just one of the guitar magazine, uh, but they had like, Still. I want to say, the, <laughs> I want to say it was the top 50 of the eighties, but it may have been a smaller list than that, but this was the number one solo. So in my dreams will be the second bonus song. Uh, and then from this, uh, the same album, uh, Back for the Attack. This is far and away their best album. Songwriting-wise, production-wise, uh, just musicianship-wise, this is this is their best. This is their best offering. Uh, we have two songs off of this album. We got Kiss of Death, which is the opening track on the album. So this is what I heard as a 17-year-old sitting in my car when I first put the, <laughs> put the tape in the deck. Is this is what I heard, Kiss of Death. Uh, and then another song called Cry the Gypsy from that same album. Both of those have just screaming guitar solos from George. But, uh, probably my two other favorites outside of Mr. Scary on that album. Uh, if you have Spotify Premium, you're going to hear all those songs in their, in their entirety, and then you're going to thank me. If you're a free Spotify <laughs> user, <laughs> if you're a free Spotify user, you're going to get just a little clip of that, and you're going to have to go find them somewhere else. Uh, otherwise, you're going to have to use the Song Whip links in the show notes to find those songs in your favorite music app. Um, Probably for just a couple more days, you'll be able to find us on Twitter, but you can always find us on YouTube at Greatest Lists, or you can find us at our website, greatestlistpodcast.com. Jason, we'll be back in the next episode for our number four song. I'm trying to think of what it is. Number four from 1984. Yes, yes. Um, Thanks for listening to Greatest Lists. Happy Halloween. We look forward to talking to you in our next episode. You've been listening to The Greatest Lists.